Welcome to Marriage Talk. In today's Marriage Talk, Pastor Preeti enlightens us about the idea of multiple partners in the form of extramarital affairs or polygamy. We will discuss why God had brought polygamy into the world. Let us keenly listen and understand the biblical perspective and know the consequences of indulging ourselves in such activities. Greetings in Jesus precious name. Welcome to Marriage Talk podcast. Our hope is that you're ready to receive a word from the Lord. We come to you once in 3 weeks and this podcast is devoted both to married and unmarried people. And the purpose of this podcast is to equip you, to serve you, to empower you to function the way that Jesus and the church functions. You know, the Bible talks about how marriage is supposed to function as a representative as a symbol uh, or as a shadow of the relationship of Jesus with the church and that is why we are intentional in teaching about marriage it's not because i have all the questions answered or i have a perfect marriage or because uh, all of my experiences with marriage and relationships has been perfect no that's not true in fact each and every one of us we have to go through our own journeys and we have to learn in that journey and grow as we commit to the process that God allows in our lives and i hope that you are somebody who will not give up in your journey of marriage sometimes it can be challenging sometimes it can be tough and those are the times when you need to depend on God all the more those are the times when you need to go back into scripture and find out what is it that god says about marriage because god is the institutor the organizer and the designer of marriage when god is the author of marriage we cannot go to the people of the world we cannot go to movies to culture to secular media to try and help us or teach us how marriage should function and how it should look like and that is a mistake that many of us make today that we are going to every source except to god and uh, whenever we try to let the culture around us dictate and determine how we should feel and how we should respond to our life's circumstances and situations we are bound to be deceived we are bound to have experiences we are bound to have Uh, outcomes and results in our life which is not god's best for us and i'm not condemning you by saying that because you're doing this or because you're doing that uh, you are a sinner or you're a bad person i'm just saying that may not be god's best for us god's best is only available in god's heart in god's presence in when you search out scriptures to see how did god ordain this to be how did god want marriage to function as and one of the things that has been plaguing our generation is the concept of multiple partners and uh, sometimes it manifests in the form of extramarital affairs sometimes it manifests in the form of polygamy and uh, we were having this conversation on a statement that was issued by the Ravi Zacharias Ministries how they interviewed one of the victims of Ravi Zacharias a uh, thing that she mentioned was that 
at in one of the conversations now this is all from the perspective of this victim we don't know the truth behind it we have to trust her based on all the other evidence that has come up with regards to this investigation and this is what she said at one point ravi zacharias he tells her that uh, the patriarchs in the bible in the olden days they would have multiple spouses and multiple relationships and in the same way it is my reward for doing ministry that my relationship with you is a reward for all of that now that statement completely blew my mind because that is coming from a person who is well versed with scripture who knows the bible very well who knows the historical context and the perspectives behind it uh, so first of all i do know that he didn't say that out of ignorance that was complete manipulation and second of all uh, whatever happened in the bible days in the polygamous culture uh, it was out in the open everybody knew about it everybody were aware of it it was not in secret it was not in private but that's not the case about ravi zacharias or many of the other things that happen in our culture today polygamy is not something that is socially acceptable today polygamy is not something that is even allowed legally you have to be divorced from one wife before you get married to the next and that is how it is legally expected off of you as well so that is not the whole uh, context in which he was speaking and and so he completely uh, mis quoted or mis uh, represented scripture and the patriarchs of the bible having said that it is necessary that we do go back and answer why is it that god allowed patriarchs in the bible to have multiple spouses whereas if you go back to the original design of marriage you would see that that is not god's original plan god didn't want marriages between multiple people god had planned for it to be a man who will leave his father and mother and he will cleave to his wife and the both of them will become one flesh that was god's original design of marriage nowhere do you see god wanting or expecting adam to go and look for one more spouse and i'm sure that adam had his needs and adam had several things that he needed help in so did eve and god didn't make several people to help adam god only made one eve as the helper for all of adam's needs now as hard as it may look like god still expected adam and eve to experience wholeness with just the both of them with just each other today you and i may look at people and say that oh wait she doesn't have everything or he doesn't have everything that i need i need somebody else who can fill in these areas or fill in these roles and that's not true my dear friend if we want to experience god's design of marriage you and i we have to look at our spouse as everything that you may ever need in your life you have to look at your wife even if she is educated or not even if she is the the way that you expected her to look or not even if she is as talented or 
abled as you expected her to be or not you have to look at her and say this is everything she is everything that i need and if there is any lack in her i am there i will help her i will bring her up and i will strengthen her i will teach her the bible talks about the relationship of jesus with the church and says that jesus gave up his life for the church so that he can equip her and make her glorious beautiful without any blame and then get married to her that is that is how jesus has his relationship with the church and i believe that that is how you and i need to function even in our marriages if there is any lack you are not going to go look for a different spouse what you're going to do is how can i help how can i equip my spouse to grow in those areas and to become better in these areas and that is the heart with which we need to look at marriage and that is what will help us to avoid all types of extramarital affairs all types of intentional looking outside of marriages for help or relying on somebody else now having spoken about this and having understood that it is necessary that we still have answers as to why and where did polygamy begin in the scripture where did it first originate and i think it can be traced back to genesis chapter 4 and this is the first recorded instance of polygamy and that is why i want us to pay a little attention to this and it says that lamech had two wives uh, and the names are mentioned and what happened as a result uh, all of that is mentioned in genesis chapter 4 make sure to just go back and read it whenever you have time and the bible talks about how this guy turned out to be a murderer and uh, he was in fact a great great grandson of cain now let's talk about cain to understand what he gave birth to if if you see that cain is the one who gave birth to this lamech and lamech is the one who started this polygamous marriage which got adopted and adapted into uh, the culture much much later we have to study cain and who was cain cain was somebody who was excommunicated from the family that god had blessed and ordained to fill the earth this was not the kind of characteristic that god wanted in the family that he created now as much as god created cain as well god had excommunicated him god had said you are cursed you you cannot be here you need to get out of this place he was not part of the family that god had blessed and god had removed his favor from him and he goes to a place and he builds his own civilization there and that is where uh, lamech is born and that is where polygamy starts and later on it becomes so common it becomes so natural so normal that several people including uh, abraham including elkana uh, david Solomon so many fathers in the bible so many rich people kings you would see that they would have multiple wives with the heights of it being with king solomon who had 700 wives 
and about uh, 300 concubines. And we all know the result of it. These wives that he got married to, they led his heart away from God. And uh, that was the reason for the sad ending that Solomon had. And yet we need to understand the root of it was coming from a place where this man, Cain, he was living outside of a covering. See, everything that happened under Adam and Eve, there was a covering, there was a protection, there was a direction as to how things needs to happen. See, Adam and Eve, they lived for close to 900 years. And uh, Adam and Eve, they had walked with God and they had heard from God. They had deep, close, personal relationship with God. And they would have definitely taught their children how to do marriage, what to do and what not to do in marriage, principles that were ordained. And now, here is this man who walks out of that covering, who has to be uh, living all by himself, and uh, then he forms his own laws, and there is lawlessness, and there is no boundaries, and, and nothing is there to protect them from making mistakes. And in a setup like that is where polygamy was originally conceived and it was born. And when we remember that, we should understand that the root of this institution is not in God. It is not in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, it was meant to be between one man and one woman. Adam had his eyes only on Eve, the only person in the whole world that Adam wanted and desired for was Eve. And for Eve, the only person in the whole world that she desired for and she wanted was Adam. Now, now that is how God had ordained marriage to be, how God ordained for it to function in the Garden of Eden. But now, if you look at Cain and his civilization that he started, it is outside of all of that. And that is why there is no favor of God there. That is why there is no blessing of God upon what Cain did. Now, coming back to Adam's generations, we would see that his generations would multiply, multiply. Finally, they would reach Noah. Noah was the line that came through Seth, the, the third child of Adam. And the Bible says that Noah, he found favor in the eyes of God. And God, in fact, desired to wipe out everybody on the earth except Noah's family. And that's what he did because he saw that the wickedness in the world was too much, too heavy, too bad, too much for God to forgive. And so God wiped out the whole world. And here is the new uh, family that we see beginning. And that family also was a monogamous family. So in everything, God's original intent for marriage was not polygamy. God's intent for marriage was that it would be a monogamous marriage where one plus one will become one. And when we understand that, we also need to ask this question. Then why is it that God did not condemn polygamy? Because there are several sins in the Bible that God was explicit in expressing his displeasure against, even in the Old Testament, since like murder, since like adultery, since like coveting, uh, and so many of these things that God was intentional in expressing his displeasure. And yet, 
when it comes to polygamy when it comes to multiple partners god did not really express his displeasure against it in fact if you read the book of deuteronomy you would find provisions made for somebody who does take a second wife what needs to be done to take care to still take care of the first wife you would see all of that provision and that has to make us think why is it that god loved polygamy even though it was not god's original intent why did god allow polygamy now that is where we have to come back to what jesus taught us in the new testament the disciples came to jesus and started having a discussion with jesus about divorce telling him isn't isn't divorce normal isn't it fine if you get divorced from a person and get married to somebody else what is so wrong about it because moses has instituted in the old testament he gave us a law saying you need to get divorced if you want to get divorced you can do it and if these are the things this is what you need to do you need to give a letter of a divorce and you can get out of the marriage and they they were trying to justify the whole notion of divorce and remarriage with jesus and this is the response that jesus gives them this is not how my father intended this to be moses allowed divorce and remarriage because of the hardness of your heart but from the beginning that's not how it was from the beginning it was supposed to be a eternal relationship a lifelong relationship between a man and a woman and he goes on to explain and he says from the beginning it was like this that a man would leave his father and mother and they both will cleave to each other and they will be one flesh and so jesus reemphasizes the importance of one man and one woman and them being committed to each other for their whole life so what jesus says is the reason why god loved divorce or remarriage or multiple partners or multiple spouses is because of the hardness of human heart see you should understand that as anointed as these guys were as much as they walked with god as much as they had a relationship with god people like david solomon abraham and on all these guys as much as they loved god one thing that we need to understand is that their hearts were still not regenerated their hearts were still not renewed see in the heart of hearts is where all of our life is you know if you study the word you would understand that the heart is the seat of everything in your life the the bible says you need to guard your heart because all the issues of life it flows from your heart jesus would further teach about this in the new testament when he would add to this and say it is not what goes into your body that defiles it but what comes out of your body what comes out of your heart because out of your heart comes all kinds of evil and your heart is not ready your heart is arrogant your heart is stupid your heart is in not thinking long term and out of your heart comes all kinds of wickedness and so jesus came to die not necessarily only for your body but specifically to be able to renew your heart see when the prophets in the old testament wrote about 
the new covenant that God would make, they would constantly refer to how there will be a transformation of heart. Prophet Ezekiel wrote about this and he said, hey, in those days, I will transform your heart. I will take your heart of stone and put a heart of flesh and I will write my laws upon your heart. So what God had in mind from the beginning was to transform our hearts, transform us from the inside out. That from the inside, there will be a deep personal transformation. And when we have that transformation in our heart, then it becomes easy for us to do God's will in every area of our lives, including marriage. Now, let's focus specifically on marriage. See, all these guys that were living in the Old Testament, as much as they walked with God, because they did not have that renewal of heart, because they still had hard hearts, stone hearts in Ezekiel's language, they were unable to do the will of God in these areas of their lives. And see, there are many people who write about different reasons why polygamy was essential and needed in those days. Some of them, they talk about how uh, a lot of men would go into battle and they would die in the battles. And that is why the woman would not be having any men to do their marriage with, with their life with. And so there would be a need for one man to get married to multiple women. And all of these are ways in which we justify our culture. And we do that in, even in our day and time, right? Where we look at uh, different ways, different uh, responses, and we justify uh, homosexuality, we justify transgenderism, we tra justify sexual change, and we justify every uh, evil thing that goes on in the world around us by giving reasons. But is that God's original design for marriage? Absolutely not. See, back in those days, they did not have a way out because their hearts were not transformed. Their hearts were still hardened. And Jesus said it, that God loved it. God permitted it. Not that God wanted it to be like this, but God permitted it because of the hardness of their heart. But in the New Testament, guys, you and I, we don't have to tolerate a relationship outside of marriage. In the New Testament, we can go back to the Garden of Eden model of marriage. Why? Because we have transformed hearts. We do not have hardened hearts. We have hearts that God has worked upon and the Bible says that he has taken the heart of stone and he has put a heart of flesh on the inside of us. And because we have a heart like that, we can now have fruitful, godly, awesome, glorious marriages the way that God has intended our marriages to be like. I hope that this would add a little bit of light into some of the struggles that you go through that uh, not just will it minister to you personally, but also that you will have a perspective on how to answer somebody who will come to you with this question. Why can I not have multiple relationships? What is so wrong about being one with this person and being one with another person? Marriage was always supposed to be between two people. Never was a third person allowed to be in a relationship. And that is why God intended for the man to in fact leave uh, from his 
previous relationships with his father and mother and then cleave to his wife. Which means that a relationship that is as special as a parent to a child could also become an interference to a relationship between a man and a wife. How much more if it was a relationship with a, a different wife? It would interfere even more. And that is why God, when he intended marriage to function, he said, you need to leave everything else. And this needs to be an exclusive relationship. Paul would talk about this further in 1 Corinthians and he would say, don't you know that when you are sexually involved with a prostitute that you become one with her? You are having the same experience that Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden and that you become one with her. So you need to protect your oneness. You cannot go and become one with anybody. Everybody doesn't get access to your marriage bed. Everybody doesn't get to come in and see you the way that only your spouse is supposed to see and experience you. And that is what Paul is teaching us in 1 Corinthians. So it's necessary for us to return back to how God wanted marriage to function as. God always wanted marriage to be between a man and a woman, with one man and, and with one woman. Now, you may say, Pastor, I have had I have made mistakes. I have gotten involved emotionally or physically or in uh, different ways. Uh, sometimes it could be an online pornographic issue which I have gotten addicted to or it could be a physical person at work, at church or in my ministry or with somebody else that I got connected with and I have messed up my marriage. What can I do? The Bible says, you have been given a renewed heart. You do not have to get out of this marriage. You do not have to leave this relationship because of a problem. God has given you a heart which can be molded. God has given your spouse a heart which can be helped, which can be transformed, which can be renewed, which can be trained in God's ways where God can write his laws. God can write his ways upon your heart. And God can change you from the inside out. And when you do allow God to work that deeply, that closely in your life, I'm telling you, your marriage will turn out to be beautiful. Your marriage will turn out to glorify God. Your marriage will turn out to be something that is going to be honorable uh, to each other. And your marriage will in fact become exemplary for your church, for your city, for your nation. God does not want you to give up because of a struggle you've had. God doesn't want you to break off that relationship because of your sins, because of your problems. In God, in Christ, we have the grace to work on our relationships, work on our marriages, work on our uh, conversations, work on our struggles and continue to build up our relationship and come back and grow even more closer. In Christ, we have the grace. We have the Spirit of God that lives inside of us. And for whatever reason, if you're married with a spouse who doesn't believe in all of the things that you believe in, again, go back to Scripture. The Bible says, don't you know that if you're already married and you're married to an unbelieving spouse, don't you know that they become sanctified because of 
your relationship with them. So even if they don't understand the same things, they don't walk in the same maturity and perspective, because of your relationship with God, they experience a touch of God too. They can enjoy and receive all of the blessings that you can enjoy and receive. There is tremendous hope for any marriage where Jesus is part of that marriage. Any relationship where Jesus is involved. So the question really is not whether uh, polygamy was right or wrong. The question really is not whether you have to be having multiple partners, if you can get divorced, if you can get remarried. The question really is, how much of importance does Jesus have? Does God's will have? Does God's ways have in your life decisions? Are you allowing the Lord to uh, be the center of your life? Before you talk about your marriage, before you talk about your relationship, how about your personal life? Is the Lord Jesus still the center of everything that you're engaged in, that you're involved in? See, if he is at the center, then I can assure you that your marriage will be a success. Your marriage will be a blessing. Your marriage will eventually prosper, will eventually fruition. You have to just persevere. Sometimes it may be very hard. And I'm not saying that you have to continue to tolerate abuse, especially if it is physical abuse. But I, I've heard of so many testimonies of people that have endured even physical abuse and they have persisted and they have remained faithful to their spouses even in those seasons. And we have seen how God would break through for them, how God would use the humility, the love, the grace, the freedom that is available in the gospel of Jesus Christ to in fact transform the both of them and to heal the relationship and to give them a beautiful, God-glorifying marriage that even their children would look up to. We can count so many testimonies. We can share so many testimonies with you about people who have had so many struggles and have still come out victorious in their marriage. See, we can sometimes become very negative. Uh, we look at all those marriages that are failing, and we think that this is going to be my state too. But that is where you need to look at the other side and look at all the marriages that are succeeding. Don't make the marriages that are failing as your example, as your role model. Make the marriages that are working out, the marriages that are still standing up, the marriages that are fashioned after the marriage in the Garden of Eden, the marriages that are still showing off the relationship between Jesus and the church. Why don't you model your marriage, your relationship after that? And when you do that, you would see the fruit. You would see the favor of God. You will not be disappointed, my friend. If you will persist and if you will continue to push for God's will in your marriage, you will see the fruit of it and you will see the blessing of God. And that is our encouragement to you this morning. If you have questions that you would like to ask us or if you have questions like these, some of these questions may be sensitive or complicated or challenging to even answer. But if you have questions, feel free to write to us. My email ID is info at the rate you can let us know what is it that is concerning you, bothering you. And we'll try our best to answer some of them in these podcasts that come to you. 
And uh, if you're blessed, make sure to share this with somebody else who would have a similar question or a similar concern. And take a moment to go on iTunes and rate this podcast so that it can be discovered more easily by people who are looking for help in these areas. We also invite you to partner with us financially if you would like to, if you're blessed by it, and if you'd like to see this podcast being expanded and we'd love to have more guests and more resources that can be made available to you. If you'd like to do that, go to pastorpriji.com slash donate. And we are grateful for all of your support and all of your help. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. We will catch up again on this podcast in about three weeks time. Thank you for tuning into today's Marriage Talk podcast. Hope it was a blessing to you. Do subscribe for more resources at pastor 3 podcast.